0: I I uh, feel like I should have learned a dance routine for that uh, song, but I'm not good at dancing, so I will spare you that, all right? Well, we—yeah, thank you, Don. Uh, whatever. Hey, we had a great time this week during Missions Week, uh, Hurricane Nicole notwithstanding. Hope everybody survived the storm okay, and— Uh, has power and all that stuff. Um, But we've had a great time celebrating global missions. Um, And as Corey talked about, we have a goal this year uh, for our Faith Promise Missions Giving, and that goal is $210,000. And so um, we are trusting God for that and excited, and I hope you will participate in that commitment. There are these uh, Faith Promise cards and the seats all around you if you haven't had a chance to fill that out. I hope you'll do that. Give us your name and info, and then just a one-time amount. So if you're gonna give uh, $10 a month, then that's, what is that, $120 for the year? So write down the total number, and then you do the math from there uh, and, and figure out that total amount. We're praying that God would meet that need. So just to tell you a little bit about um, what— what that looks like. If you have uh, the Missions Week brochure, looks like that, Um, there's a little uh, pie chart in the back and it tells you where that money goes. So uh, 58.4% of the money that comes in goes to foreign missions. So that is missionaries all around the world, global uh, missionaries, cross-cultural missionaries um, in every inhabited continent on the world, we support missionaries. Um, and so, uh, that, is the, that is the bulk of all of the mission's money that comes in. The next largest percentage is church planting, and that's 24.8 percent. And so, last year we planted Restoration Church in Sanford, Florida, and our desire is to plant a church every three years to see new churches planted in Central Florida and around the U.S. And so, uh, we designate a portion of… The, the missions budget to go towards church planting. And so uh, we have a plan for how that rolls out. And, um, and so that's, that's another large p- portion of our missions budget. Uh, then we have domestic support, that's 8%. And so that is organizations like the Baptist Bible Fellowship International, the missions sending organization that many of our missionaries are sent out through. It also supports some Bible colleges and other training institutions here in the US, uh, as well as some other, uh, like Don and Kathy Mingo would be a part of domestic support as they support other missionaries stateside. Uh, So that's domestic support. Uh, Then we have local projects. So our outreach budget, uh, a lot of the outreach events that we do, some of the things that we'll be doing with Freeway in the days ahead come out of our local projects budget. And then the final part is Missions Week. And so uh, some of the money that comes in we use towards Missions Week. And uh, if we can raise the money for Missions Week, we do that, but, but it takes money to put on a week like this. And so that's part of where those funds go, but God uses all those funds to accomplish His mission in the world. As a church, um, we've chosen to do missions in this way. We call it faith, promise, missions giving. What that means is by faith, I make a promise or a pledge to give an amount of money to go specifically towards missions. The reason we do missions that way is because it helps us to be more intentional and purposeful in how we give out missions money. There are other ways that other churches do missions, including just giving a percentage of their regular budget. So there there are some churches, if their budget is $500,000 for the year, then they give 10% of that budget towards missions, and, and that's a way to do it, or 5 percent or 1 percent, you know, just, just a percentage of the general budget, and that's a way to do missions. Uh, but for us, we desire to, to be a little more hands-on so that you know that money that you designate towards missions goes towards missions. It allows us to do things like Missions Week, where we get to know the missionaries that we support. It's not just going into a fund somewhere, but we get to meet and see and, and hear about the ministry and the places that God has called People too. Tony Calico is sitting right back here, and Tony and Kelly uh, have been missionaries in Romania for 20, almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. And so, uh, God called them up out of this church. Tony's testimony is: we gave the Faith Promise missions, and through our giving to Faith Promise missions, God put a burden for missions on our heart. And they moved with their family to Romania and started churches among the Roma Gypsy people there in Romania. And now uh, Tony supports that ministry from the States and they go back uh, throughout the year and, and support and sustain ministry there. And they have an incredible team that does incredible ministry. We're working on putting a trip together to Romania for this summer. So more info to come on that. But that started, Tony's testimony is it started with giving to faith promise missions. And so when we give specifically and intentionally, it it helps root and ground our heart in God's mission to the world. Two weeks ago, we celebrated baptism. Man, we we got to baptize like eight people and and it was an exciting day. We celebrated communion together. And we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter five that tells us that God has given all of us who have called in the name of Jesus for salvation, he has given all of us a ministry and that is the ministry of reconciliation. He says, You are ambassadors of Christ, and that's what it means to be a missionary. You're an ambassador, you're someone who is living on mission, not for your own kingdom, but for the kingdom of God. And so that's what we participate in when we give the faith promise missions. You've heard this week from uh, Don and Kathy Mingo, you've heard from uh, Michael and Shalina Quinlan and from Sydney and from Nolan and Janae Letourneau about the specific ministries that they're called to, but I, I wanted to put a couple pictures here on the screen to show you some of the other things that we support. This guy, his name is Rain, and he's a missionary uh, out of the Philippines in Cambodia, and he's part of Global Surge, which is Greg Lyon's ministry, and we support Rain, um, and, uh, and through our support of Rain, he's, he's a part of all kinds of cool ministries, and um, so they're seeing Young people in Cambodia come to faith, and, and recently they had an opportunity to get a storefront uh, to gather for their church meetings and for training throughout the week. And so we were able to give a one-time significant gift to help them uh, get the funding they needed for that church building, and they'll be able to continue to do more uh, with young people in Cambodia. Here's here's the next picture. Uh, this is a picture in Central Africa where Scott and Susan Downing, who are missionaries out of our church. God called them out of a missions conference, just like this, to go to Africa. And and Scott had a background in building and engineering, and now they do well-drilling ministry as well as medical missions uh, in Chad in Africa. And and they were in our missions uh, week a couple of years ago and told the story of a young woman who came to faith after a lot of years of not seeing people come to faith, A, a young woman they call Sally, because where they're at? Uh, She's in danger because of her faith. And God radically transformed her life and and God has been using her to see scores of people come to faith in Central Africa where they serve. The next picture is a picture of Max and Jennifer Kennedy, and uh, this is a young couple that got saved in their church in Nicaragua, and now they've raised them up to be uh, church planters and leaders, and this is the one-year anniversary of their leading one of the churches there in Nicaragua. And when you give to missions, you support uh, local… leaders being discipled and trained up to start new indigenous churches. And here's the last picture. This is a picture of a team from Hope uh, Church in Nairobi, Kenya, a church that we helped plant almost 15 years ago. And uh, they took their first missions trip as a church to Rwanda. And this is a picture of their team uh, serving some of the kids in Rwanda. And that's what you participate in, church, when you give to missions all around the world, and, and so it is a privilege that we have, and, and we want to be intentional about it, and we want to remember it. We, we put up this missions wall in the back that took us a little while to, to get up there. We've been in this building a year now uh, since our renovation, and uh, it has the names of all our missionaries. We're working on getting pictures up there so you can put a face with a name, uh, but we want to be intentional about what God has called us to do. And support of missions all around the world. So the reason we do faith promise missions giving is so that we can be intentional and purposeful with our missions giving, but we also see in scripture, Corey read just a moment ago out of 2 Corinthians chapter nine, and we're gonna look at a passage from 2 Corinthians nine, verses six through 15, and Corey read verses six and seven. Um, But there's a a section in the book of 2 Corinthians which is written by the apostle Paul. Paul, who was an enemy of the church of Jesus Christ, he persecuted Christians, oversaw their execution, and one day Jesus radically transformed his life. And he went from one who persecuted Christians to one who was one of the greatest missionaries, probably the greatest missionary who's ever lived. He took the gospel to Europe for the first time, to Greece, Planted churches in Corinth, and in Athens, and in Rome, and in in Thessalonica, and um, different places, Philippi. God used Paul in an incredible way, and he writes to the church in Corinth, which was a wealthy church. Corinth was a wealthy city, and he wrote to them about uh, taking up a collection of money to take back to the church in Jerusalem to support the believers there who were under heavy persecution. And in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, he gives instructions, and he says, I want you to be intentional. I want you to collect money at the first of the week and then set it aside so that when I come, I can take that money and take it to Jerusalem to be a blessing to the believers there. He tells the church in Corinth how how the believers in, in the region of Macedonia, which is in modern day Turkey, how they had given out of their poverty, he said. And, and the church in Macedonia and the church in Corinth participated together to accomplish more together than they could on their own. And, and then in 2 um, in Corinthians chapter 8, he talks about the accountability of that money. He said, I've got Titus, and he's got some guys with him, and they're all going to take the money together so that nobody thinks any funny business is happening. <laughs> and, and I want you to know, when you give, um, it doesn't just go into a black hole. We, we have strict accounting for how we uh, take care of God's money. Uh, Corey is our executive pastor and oversees all that, but we've got checks and balances in place so that we are good stewards of the gift that you give. And, and then we give through missions agencies that make sure Uh, how that money is being spent by missionaries all around the world. And and Paul gives instructions in 2 Corinthians 8 about that accountability. You can read that on your own. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, um, he, he talks about our motivation for giving. And then in 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6, he says this. As Corey already read, the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously or bountifully, as Corey read, will also reap generously or bountifully. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now to the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they, the receivers, will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone, and as they pray on your behalf... They will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. And then Paul ends this way, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So let me pray, and then we'll look at what this teaches us about our giving today. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is truth. Now, Lord, sanctify us or transform us by the truth of your word. Challenge us, encourage us. Lord, grow hearts of generosity in us. Bless this time, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So Paul writes here as he closes this two chapters on, on giving, what that should look like, the practical parts of that, and then, and then the kind of spiritual component, the motivation of our giving. And he starts it there at 2 Corinthians 9, verse six. The, the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And here's what Paul is, is telling us. When we give to missions, we are making an investment in eternal things. The idea of sowing and reaping is an idea all throughout scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. To sow literally meant to plant seeds in the ground. So a farmer sows crops and then he reaps the crop. And if you only sow or plant a few seeds, then you only get back the produce from a few seeds. It would be like a farmer saying, man, I, I, want, I, want, I want a lot of seeds, and so I'm just gonna hold on to all of them and keep them in my barn, and I'll only plant a few. Well, he'll have to eat through the grain that he has, and, and when harvest time comes, he won't have enough to sustain him through the next season. And Paul says, look, if you only sow or plant or invest, in our terms, right? We don't sow and plant. The last time I tried to sow seeds, uh, I just had to go out with Roundup and kill it because it it looked like, you know, a little shop of horrors. Um, And in fact, I I even messed up the Roundup because it was the kind that goes on the hose, you know, and you just spray it, and I forgot to turn the hose off, and I walked through the yard with the hose, and there was just a line of, of dead grass. That was not at my house, that was at my parents' house when I was in high school. I've learned a thing or two since then, but I still don't plant seeds. I go buy plants and just put the plant in the ground. But Paul, Paul is saying, look, when you sow into this gospel ministry, you, you're making an investment. And, and if you invest a little bit, you'll see a little bit of return, but if you invest a lot, you'll see a, a bountiful, uh, a generous return return. This idea of sowing and reaping is throughout Scripture. In Galatians, Paul says if you sow to the flesh, that is your, your fleshly human desires, you'll reap of the flesh, but if you sow to the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit's influence on our life, then you will grow spiritually. You can, you can invest in the things of this earth, and, and you'll get things of this earth, which decay and rust away and never fully satisfy, or you can invest in spiritual things, Paul says, and you'll, you'll gain spiritual insight and growth and wisdom from those things. It's this idea of sowing and reaping. Jesus puts it a different way in John chapter 12, verses 24 and 25, let me read this to you. Jesus is about to go to the cross, and he says this to his disciples. Truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, It remains by itself because when you plant, you got to put that grain in the ground and the grain dies and it becomes something brand new. It becomes a plant. So Jesus says, the one who loves his life will lose it and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus is talking not just about investing our money but investing, giving our lives. And ultimately, he's about to give his life on the cross, and he's about to be put in the ground for three days, and the fruit of his righteousness is our salvation. But he calls us to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel, to sow, to plant, to give our lives. If we try to hang on to all we've got in this life, then we'll ultimately lose our lives in eternity, but if we give our life for the sake of the gospel, we will see God do incredible things. It's this principle of sowing and reaping, and when we invest, when we give to missions, we are making an investment in eternal things. We are making an investment in eternity. At the end of the book of Philippians, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, what you have given to support my ministry goes to your account. God is glorified in that. So when we give to missions, we're making an investment in eternal things. And then, and then he continues in verse 7, he says, each person should do as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly, or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. So when we give to missions, we should be thoughtful and cheerful, thoughtful and cheerful. Paul says you should give as you've purposed in your heart. That means there should be some reflection, some thought given to it. It's not just, what do I have in my wallet today? By the way, I don't keep cash in my wallet. I have four kids and I have learned, if I have cash in my wallet, it it goes away really quick. Uh, Brooke and I, we used to be really strict about cash and, and we would keep cash in our wallet so we didn't use debit cards or credit cards. But then we had kids and we realized cash just disappears. So we don't keep cash in our wallet anymore. But sometimes that's how we give. It's just like, what, what do I have? What do I have? What do I got? Do I have five bucks? Do I have 20 bucks? I can give that. But Paul says, no, perpo- be, be purposeful in what you give. Think about it. Pray about it. Ask God. And then give cheerfully. Don't give out of compulsion. Don't give, don't give because you feel obligated. Because, by the way, we're going to see in just a minute, God doesn't need your money. He, he allows us to participate in what he's doing. It's a personal decision. It's not a competition. We don't keep a tally board somewhere that says who gave the most money, because it's not about that. It's not a competition. In fact, in the Gospels, do you remember the story where Jesus is with his disciples, and, and it says a rich man went to the money box in the temple, and he dropped in a lot of money, and it made a lot of noise, and he kind of blue trumpets as he walked in and said, look what I'm giving, and then he put it in the bucket. And everybody's like, wow, that guy gave a lot of money. And then it says a widow came and she dropped two small coins into the bucket and there was no fanfare and nobody noticed, but Jesus noticed. And he said, hey, disciples, that's it, that's it. That's what I want you to follow. She gave out of her poverty. She gave all that she had. It's not about how much you can give. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says the same thing. It's not about giving of what you don't have. Just give what you do have, right? Don't say, well, one day when I win the lottery, then I'll give some money. One day when I get a raise, then I'll give some money. No, just give what you can give now. If it's, if it's, if it's five bucks, then give five bucks. You, we can all do something. I went to Starbucks this morning. And I got, a, I got a bagel and a coffee, and it costs $5 and something. I just get black coffee because if you get the fancy coffee, then it costs like $20. So I don't do that. Um, but we spend money on all kinds of stuff. It, if you have Amazon, the Amazon app on your phone, like all of a sudden you're just spending money, oh, buy now. And I have Prime. It's free delivery, so <laughs> what's the big deal? Right? We spend all kinds of money on all kinds of things. We have, we have money to give. We live in the richest nation in the world, guys. Uganda, where Nolan and Janae are going, the average salary is $164 a month. That's the average salary. We've been blessed abundantly. So we can give something. We need to be purposeful. We need to be cheerful when we give, different stages of life look different, right? If you just, if you just had a baby like Corey and Chrissy did <laughs> and you have medical debt, that's a different stage of life than, than, than if all of your kids are out of the house and you're still getting a full-time salary. Those are two different stages of life. when you have to buy diapers for a baby, that like you almost need a full-time job just to do that. Like there's different stages of life. Uh, Brooke and I had two in diapers at the same time. Jeremy and David were only 16 months apart and that like, that really did take a full-time job. Just when, we, when they got out of the diapers, like we got a raise, it was incredible. So there's different stages of life, but we're we're called to give whatever our stage, whatever our season, whatever we can do. Give purposefully and cheerfully. Then here's the next thing. When we give to missions, we give out of God's provision for us. Verses 8 through 11 says, God is able. Who is able? God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, anytime the Bible says, as it is written, it's, it's taking us back to another passage of scripture. But in the Old Testament, it says, he distributed freely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now to the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Who is the one that provides seed for the sower and bread for food? It's God, the one who is able to make every grace overflow as we read just a moment ago. And then verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. Why? For all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God Through us. When we give to missions, when we give, we give out of God's provision for us. It's not yours to begin with. (laughs) James makes it really clear every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. You might have worked hard, but even the ability that you have to work hard comes from God. It's all His. And he invites us to participate in sharing. Now, we all have different personalities. We all have different wirings and temperaments. And uh, we all have different levels of generosity that's just kind of God-given. I've got four kids and they're, they're all different. And, and some of my kids have like a hoard of money that they've stored up from every birthday and everything. And then I've got, I've got some kids that are like, we find like money in their lunchbox that they're taking to give away to their friends at school. And we're like, that's nice, but <laughs> you know, maybe hold on to that. And maybe generosity doesn't come natural for you. Maybe you're the kind of person who just you love to give. It doesn't matter if it's easy or if it's hard. We're all called to give and we're invited to participate and giving, but the thing that we need to understand, the thing that can motivate us, the thing that can encourage us is to know that God is the one who gave it to us to begin with. He's the one who gives seed for the planter, for the farmer, for the harvest. He's the one who gives bread for those who are hungry. And when he blesses us, he blesses us so that we can be generous. It's a principle from the Old Testament Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel. And God told Abraham, I have blessed you, Abraham, so that you can be a blessing to the nations. Not so that people will sing songs about you one day, but we do sing songs about Father Abraham, who had many sons. No, he blessed Abraham so he could be a blessing to the nations. God blesses so that we can be a blessing. We're enriched so that we can be generous. And here's the cool thing as we wrap up. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And that blessing, when we give through that blessing, God, it grows faith in our life and faith in the lives of others. When we give to missions, it grows our faith and the faith of others. So, verse 11 ended, uh, you will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of their thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, the proof was the funds that you gave, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you." This is such a cool principle to me, that when we give to missions, when we give to be a blessing to others, we're blessed. It it strengthens our faith, but it also blesses and strengthens the faith of others. Paul says, God takes that gift that you gave, and he turns it into worship on the other end. Did you know that when you give, you become an answer to someone's prayer? There are people who are praying, God, I don't know you, but I want to know you. (laughs) Send somebody, show me the way. And then God calls us into that and prompts us to be purposeful and cheerful and giving to send people to those places that don't know about Him. And there's testimonies over and over and over of missionaries sharing the gospel. And the people who they share the gospel with says, I've been praying that someone would come share this with me. And when you give, you become an answer to someone's prayer. And then their thanksgiving and their worship that that comes up out of them was prompted by your generosity. And then we hear those stories and we go, wow, God, that was so awesome, I can't believe I got to be a part of that. And it just turns into worship, and it turns into glory, and it turns into praise for the God who works all things together. I've told you the story over the last several weeks about this individual who gave money uh, to our church to help us. Well, he didn't know why he was given. He didn't mean to give money to our church. He thought he was given to First Baptist Orlando. And turns out he was given to us. Uh, but when I met with him and, and, uh, and he told me that, which was really embarrassing, um, I told him about freeway ministries and what God had called us to do in addiction and recovery ministry here in, in um, really the heroin capital of Orlando on Cimarron Boulevard from Old Cheney down to Pershing. Um, God stirred his heart and he said, well, I wanna be a part of that. And uh, over the course of time, he gave us enough money to buy houses to be, uh, to be residential discipleship and recovery houses. And Tuesday, we close on a house right across the street. Uh, yeah. And God fully funded that. Now, when, when I found out that he was gonna give that money, you know what I said? Praise God. <laughs> I, moved in my heart because I've been praying, and a team of us in this church have been praying for for two years, God, we don't know exactly what we're doing, but we believe you're calling us to this. Would you show us the way? Would you provide? And you know what? God provided. And everybody that gets to hear that story gets to be a part of that worship and that celebration through one individual's obedience. And he was obedient to the wrong place. (laughs) But that's what Paul is telling us. He says, when you give, it turns into thanksgiving and worship on the other side. And you get to be a part of bringing God glory through your obedience and generosity. What a cool thing. What a cool, incredible thing. That just by being obedient and giving, God turns that into worship. He turns that into uh, matters of eternal consequence. Not only that, he says that, that those who receive that gift, they, 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 they begin to pray for you. As we give to and support these missionaries, it's an encouragement to them, church, to know that there are people who are willing to partner with them. That's a blessing and encouragement. But I got a text from Michael Quinlan this morning to just say, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you and for the service today. I get a text every Sunday from Mike Knapper who preached here two weeks ago to just say, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you in Orlando Baptist Church. I get prayer letters from missionaries all over the world and, and just say, hey, thank you for your support. We're praying for you. And, and church, there are missionaries and there are churches who are praying for us as we're praying for them. What a cool thing that God does. It's just this, it's just this reciprocal blessing and, and generosity and love. And with God, it never runs out (laughs) because he owns it all. And when we hear the blessing that that others experience, we get to participate in that blessing with them and that celebration with them and God grows our faith and strengthens our faith. So here's how Paul ends this passage in verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Paul uses that statement lots of times in his different letters. But in the context of this passage, Paul is literally talking about thanks be to God for the ability that we have to give to his mission in the world. It is a gift that we get to give. It is a gift that we get to participate Marty Phillips is sitting right down here, and he's served with us in a lot of our outreach stuff, and Marty loves to say, we get to do this. in church, we get to do this. We get to give. We get to participate. God allows us to be a part of what He's doing in the world. So that's why He says, don't give out of compulsion. That's stupid. You get to do this. You get to do this. God has provided. He's given to you so that you can be generous and that generosity turns into worship and thanksgiving on the other side. And and you get to be a part of this, this supernatural eternal story that God is telling as he takes the gospel to the nations through men and women, just like you in this room. We get to be a part of this. So Paul ends, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. So the question is this morning, is that how you view it? As we've been talking about Faith Promise Missions giving this week, maybe you've thought, man, those church people are always asking for money. We get to be a part of this. We get to participate in God's mission all around the world. We get to be his ambassadors. We get to be his voice, sharing his gospel and his goodness and his faithfulness and his love. 2 Corinthians 5, it says, It is as though God is pleading through you, be reconciled to God. And that is the message that we take. To Jerusalem, Acts 1 8 is, is our missions verse. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. That is my missionaries, my ambassadors. In Jerusalem, that means our city, and God has given us a specific place in which we do ministry at 500 South Cimarron Boulevard on the South Cimarron, East Orlando area. Orlando Christian Prep, Inglewood Elementary School. Roberto Clemente Middle School, Freeway Ministries, that's our neighborhood. In Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, that's kind of the the regions not not right around us. Judea is kind of the, the larger regional area, and we participate in that through church planting. We planted Restoration Church in Sanford, Florida, that's kind of our Judea, and we get to be a part of that. Samaria, other language groups that exist within our local community. We're a predominantly Hispanic immigrant neighborhood. And Pastor Carlos and and Ricardo and the team do an incredible job, And, and we serve together and we reach together into this community to reach people who are new to this country, who are struggling. And to the uttermost parts, the end of the earth. We support missionaries and Asia, and in Australia, and in Europe, and in Africa, and in South and Central America, all over the world, and we get to be a part of it. And so this morning, it's, I just pray that God would grow within you a wonder, a sense of gratitude, a sense of awe that he allows us to be a part of what he's doing. We can give financially, and I hope a lot of you will do that, whatever, whatever you can do. But we can also give our lives to go. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat goes in the ground and dies, And in the same way, we're called to lay down our lives. Just to be clear, God is calling every one of us to go. Maybe not to the ends of the earth, but He's calling us to go across the street. He's calling us to go to the cubicle next to us. He's calling us to go to the checkout line at Publix or whatever grocery store you like. He's calling us to to go in our community to those in need. He's calling us to go, but some of us He might be calling to go, to be part of church planting, to be part of cross-cultural global missions. And it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. Sydney, uh, 25-year-old, single young lady, God has called her to go. Michael and Shalina, in their mid-40s, raising a family, had a a good career. God called them out of that to go. The Mingos, God called them really out of retirement to start a new ministry serving missionaries. it doesn't matter what season of life you're in, God can call you up and out, and we get to be a part of what He's doing. So I'm gonna invite you to stand up. We're gonna sing a song of response. And as we sing, I I wanna invite you to respond. We can do that through prayer. You can pray right where you're sitting. You can do that by coming to the front and just, when we we come down to these altars, we really make a public declaration. We kinda put ourselves out there. And sometimes we need that. We need that little extra push of saying, you know what, I need to put myself out there to be obedient and giving, to be obedient. Maybe God is calling you to go. You don't know what that looks like. I would love to pray with you and talk with you in the days ahead. This morning, maybe you're here and we're talking all about missions. We're talking all about the gospel and you don't know exactly what we're talking about. The Bible says that all of us are sinners, every single one of us in here. You know that and I know that because I know know me better than y'all know me, and I'm a sinner, I promise. And if you're honest, so are you. Even the things you do that are good are motivated sometimes by selfishness and self-seeking. But the Bible is really clear that our sin separates us from God. Romans 6.23 says, the payment, the justly earned reward for sin is death, that is spiritual separation from God in this life and in eternity in a place that the Bible calls hell. But the good news is the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus came and died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin and your sin. Scripture says he is the atoning sacrifice or the propitiation. That means he took the wrath that I deserved on himself so that I could be forgiven and made right before God. And the way we we become a new creation, the way we become born again, that is pass from death, spiritual death to life, is through faith. Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so this morning, maybe that's you. Maybe you need to be saved, saved from your sin. I would love to pray with you this morning. And when we sing in just a minute, folks will be coming to pray and I'll be right down here in the front. There'll be others available to pray with you if that's your desire. But whatever God is calling, stirring in your heart right now, I invite you to respond. God, thank you that we get to be a part of your great gospel work in the world. Give us a sense of awe and wonder. As we respond and go and give and surrender our lives to you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.